welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? Look at us sitting here in 2020 in the future. I was just doing a little dance. I know, because it's 2020. You're a whole new man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never thought I'd live to see 2020. Really? Looks so good. Perfectly clear. Okay. Yeah. Perfectly clear. I mean, I always thought I would love to see 2020. It's more <laughs> like gonna say, man. Can't believe it. <laughs> Hope I don't get to 2021. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Uh, so we made it. We made the 2020. We made it to the 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 lauded, praised upon, glorified 2020 rookie class. We've been talking about it for a couple yeah. years. You know, which is which just blows by that 2019 class. It turns out to be pretty good at <laughs> in hindsight. Special too. receiver. You know, everybody's already talking about how good the 2021 class is going to be. Uh, and But here we are, 2020. And there's no better way to start 2020 than a way too early rookie mock draft. Way. Way. Wow, look at that. In sync. It just, it's it's going to be <laughs> bye, different. Bye, bye, but bye, bye, bye. for the most part, the top half of this draft is not going to change. You know, maybe we'll get a Hakeem Butler in here and a Kelvin Harmon here and there. But uh, I don't think so. I think a lot of these guys we're going to talk about today uh, are going to be pretty cemented in. Maybe the bottom half, we're going to see some of these guys get a bump, some of these running backs, some of these some of these receivers. Uh, a tight end. We're not doing any tight ends today because, well, they don't fit in yet. It's not it's not an amazing tight end class. Like, you don't have the Hawkinsons that you had last year. Cole Komet's a nice little player. And, you know, Albert O is, is a – and I'm not even going to try to pronounce his I was going to say, what's his name? Nope. It's just always Albert O. That's, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get that, there. That's always what it is. So before we get into this episode where we're going to do our way too early 2020 mock draft, where this might actually li- like run into the Nerd Herd episode, so we might get like six players in here in a free episode and then jump into the Nerd Herd episode, uh, which is, is definitely a good time to be a Nerd Herd member. I mean, we added so much more film. So much. And that's what I've been using here to like, I don't, out of all these players, I didn't do any detailed notes. I just did all casual film study. So, but before we get out, let me tell you about our sponsor today and our sponsor for the 2020 season. And that's our friends at dynastyowner.com. What is dynastyowner.com? Dynastyowner.com is the ultimate dream for all sports and business fans. Dynasty Owner is the padded fantasy sports game that combines dynasty fantasy football with the actual NFL player contracts. They don't use make-believe or demand-based contracts or salaries. They use actual NFL player contracts and salaries. There is no off-season DynastyOwner.com, just like there's no off-season for Dynasty Nerds and the rest of you listening. The rookie draft matters. Free agency matters. Every contract matters. They just finished their beta season in 2019, and they are now working on their mobile app for iOS and Android, and it'll be ready for the rookie drafts in May. And I've been talking to the owners of Dynasty Owner, and they're saying this app is scrumptiously diddlyumptious. Nice. Mm-hmm. And they're opening up the game to everyone in 2020, but they're limited to 1,012 man leagues. So the time to get in with Dynasty Owner is definitely now. Win weekly prizes, seasonal prizes, and compete in the chase for the ring. And I know that chase for the ring thing they just did. They had a winner from New York, uh, and it was like some guy from New York, and they're flying him in during the draft weekend. They got him this like really luxurious like 
championship ring. It's like seven grand ring. It's crazy. Holy cow. Yeah. And they do great stuff for their users. Right. There's not a better partner that we could ever have than DynastyOwner.com. So make sure you join their 2020 season. Get on the waiting list and start your dynasty now. If you're always looking for a new way to play dynasty fantasy football, DynastyOwner.com has got you covered. Sounds like a dream. It sure does. And then Matt and I do, uh, we'll be doing a lot of the rookie content this year too. We're going to be doing uh, some 2020 rookies once a month for him. Oh, can't wait. Oh, Billy. So here we are today getting ready to cover some of these rookies with this way too early mock draft. Like I said previously, you know, I was using Dynasty Film Room, which is part of the Nerd Herd. um, And I originally just wanted to watch like a couple games of each of these guys. And then for all these first round guys, I literally watched every piece of film we had on the site. You know, not enough CD land, but we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> and not taking notes. I didn't take any notes, really. I just took the casual notes that I, that, you know, like the easy things to kind of see on here. Sure. And didn't really get in depth. So my opinions today will change. You know, I got more players to watch. I got to rewatch these guys all again. There's probably some takes I'm not 100% on here. Uh, but it's always fun to do it way too early to kind of see it's, where we are now. It's later. way too early for a reason. Right. Right. Now we, haven't, I, we haven't fully formed anything yet. No, no, yeah, no. These are all still, still very flaccid in my opinions. <laughs> so, what I, I will say is, I really like this draft class. I'll, I'll never interrupt you again. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> for what's wrong? I, I just you came back with a flaccid thing after I interrupted you. I mean, just, just very casual. Obviously, right? yeah. You obviously, know, you're I'm, flustered. No, excited. <laughs> all right. No, it can't be. Right. And that, that, that terminology. Sitting here, very calm, relaxed. Nipples aren't showing, are they? I don't think so. It could no. be. Uh, you keep those things to yourself. So <laughs> Point at both of you at the same time. Look at me. Hey, over there and over there. Here I am right here. Pulling right through my shirts. Uh, but I like all these guys in the first round pretty much. I feel like right now for me, like there's 12 guys I really like. But I do feel there's a tier too. Like I don't know what you like. If you had to say right now, Matt, do you have a tier one? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like way too early tier one for Matt. What is it? It's DeAndre Swift, uh, J.K. Dobbins, C.D. Lamb is definitely in there, and and Jerry Judy. Yeah, and Jerry I, think, Judy. I think Judy's in it as well. Yep. Okay. Which is funny. That's my tier one too. There's yesterday th- I said I had a clear cut three, and I didn't put Jerry Judy. Everybody's giving me crap. I'm like, I don't know. He's like a, he's like a. This is right before I was like diving into his tape. I was right. like, he's kind of like reminds me of someone of like a really good Calvin Ridley, you know. And then I was like, then I watched the tape. I was like, no, he's tier one. He's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm still really early in the tape study, and, and and I've got a long way to go on Jerry Judy. But there were some things that concerned me as well. You know, I, I did see a couple of drops and some big moments that you know, out of a out of a true number one guy, you you, you wouldn't want to see very often. And and like I said, I, I have a lot more to look at, but it it was a little bit. It was a little bit of a letdown. Two but, two versus LSU, right? One over the shoulder, which is big. Right. Uh, the that, one in the end zone that he rebounded with right after with and caught a really nice cut, catch uh, in the corner away from his body, which is nice. Right. Two versus New, New but, Mexico State I saw before that. One was kind of had a guy had an arm on him, so it wasn't too bad. But there's guys that you, you, you could just see are natural, real natural hands catchers, and I'm just not sure he's a hunter. Like, they, they'll catch anything thrown there. You know yeah, what I mean? Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald. Right, yeah. right. And those are the guys that, you know, obviously you can you you can see that right away. And I just don't think he's one of those guys. But it's not like he has, like, a huge issue with it. No, or definitely like not. Sure. Garrett, who's your tier one? 
So I've, I've gone back and forth a bunch of times, but uh, it would be the four guys that you named, but I would also add ETN and Taylor into that tier one. Okay. All right. There, and there's a reason I don't have those guys in my tier one. I'll kind of say it when we get mm-hmm. to them. Uh, but there is a reason I don't have those guys in my sure. tier one. And like I said, because like a tier one means these guys are all almost equals, right? Like if you took... It would basically be landing spot dependent at that point. Landing spot dependent. And like, so if you need a receiver desperately, right? In this first round, you had a one, one, you need them desperately. And you took CD lamb. Cause you had five good running backs. Like, I wouldn't be like, that's a terrible pick. It's a, you know, if you right. took Jerry Judy, I'm like, that's not a terrible pick. And, and the way that I, the way that I look at my tier one is I try to, I try to find the biggest difference makers that have the least dependency on, on landing spot. Correct. You know what I mean? And, and that's just how I, that's how I yeah, see those, those four guys. most, more most bulletproof guys with the highest ceilings. Yep. So, I mean, I just wanted to kind of lay that out there so so people know how I do it. I mean, you know, everyone's obviously. No, I agree with you 100% own. because no matter where DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins go, you got to feel good about it. I like, like, under no circumstance, almost, just about under no circumstance where I take any other of those other running backs above those two. Sure. I mean, ETN in San Francisco or Kansas City would be real sexy. Real tempting. It'd be tempting, but again, it'd be really hard to take them over those guys. So for me, that's, I agree with Matt, like they're bulletproof, you know, Jerry, Judy, CD lamb. It doesn't matter what team to go to. Like, right. I want them on my roster. It does not matter. Yep. So I understand your tier two. Cause those guys, and, that, and that's not even, that's not even a knock on these other guys. No, no, no. I really like the guys in tier two that are, it's going to be a fairly large tier for me. I think it, right. at, at least it is right. I mean, it is right now. It still has to fully form itself. It's a, it's a very premature, you know, in the process right now, but way too early. And I know you guys have said this a bunch of times. You haven't dug in super deep yet, but how, how are you feeling about uh, the big three from last year compared to the guys you've watched this year? So Jacobs, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, how do you feel about those three compared to who you've watched so far this year? I would have personally Jacobs right behind Dobbins. Okay, for so me. He would be I'd have three. him ahead of Jonathan Taylor. I have him ahead of ETN. I'd have him ahead of Cam Akers. Um, and I would honestly probably have Miles Sanders ahead of those guys as well. Really? Okay. But it'd be really close. But before, like when you were scouting or what you know today? When I was scouting. Okay. I mean, if you guys remember like a year ago, like I... You were all in on Sanders. Yeah. I loved Sanders. Like he was my clear cut. Like everybody else said David Montgomery. I was like, this guy's clearly better than David Montgomery. Like I... I was I was with you as well on that. And I... And seeing... Seeing what I saw in college and then projecting what we thought was going to happen for Miles Sanders and then it almost happening exactly the way we sure. thought it was going to happen. It really did, which is um, crazy. I would still have him in the same place as well. Like, like you said, uh, I would have him ahead of, uh, uh, ETN probably, probably ETN. Um, definitely, you know, Taylor, ETN, Benjamin, like, Edo, you know, Benjamin, all those guys. Sure. Yeah. So I, I, would, I would have them a little bit lower. I think, I think they would be Jacobs. I agree with, he would be in that, that range of the third. I would have, I would have Taylor and ETN above Sanders and, uh, Montgomery, but Montgomery, I think would be below. Oh, those. so, oh, so, okay. Yeah. So that would just be Sanders, not necessarily Montgomery. Yep. So that's where my differentiation is. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Sanders up, uh, and, and, and which makes down. sense. Cause I had Montgomery and Sanders a lot closer than you two did last year. Yeah. Cause I had Montgomery a, a here below. I, Cause remember I was like, oh, I don't really get whatever, but like, I yeah. like Montgomery. 
Uh, he's a really good running back, but he doesn't, he doesn't blow me away. Right. And there's some guys here, too, that I think are really, really good. They don't blow me away. Um, but they're really good. So it's not like a knock on them. It's right. Just, Jonathan Taylor's really good. Um, you know, you know, uh, you know, Benjamin, I, from what I've seen, he, he's pretty good between the tackles as well, but there were some other guys that we were discussing, you know, before the show that, that right. are kind of flying under the radar type of guys that we're, we're all pretty impressed with. As yeah. Well. I haven't so, got any of these like low guys, you know, like Javon Leak, uh, Zach Moss from Utah. There's some of these guys I haven't even dug in at all on. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm not even going to sit here and try and give an opinion on it. Like, Say I like this guy, and there's going to be some guys that I'm going to move up significantly that I'm going to fall in love with. I know right. it happens every year. So Debo I mean, was that guy for you last year. And, yeah. Love Debo, and there's another guy. There's a receiver I was telling Matt when he came over uh, that I just love this year. And, and he's a high guy, so it's not it's not crazy, but like I love him. And Matt made a good point to me. We were uh, snowboarding on uh, Sunday, and he said to me, "Just he's like just for my way too early." prognosis on this he's like man i just feel like if you have pick two seven or one seven on like i would just move that pick and try and get two seconds and something like i would just try and get multiple picks you might be getting similar value from 1.7 to like the middle of the second round i don't disagree with there's a pretty large chunk of guys of really talented players especially at the receiver position the running back will be kind of funny based on like landing spot situation and basing on you know depending on your league as well right as far as you know how fast those guys come off the board right but those especially the receivers are are going to be crazy deep yeah Yeah, so the receivers which is crazy too because next year's receiver class is going to be really just as good um and so a lot the the easiest thing so far i could say know what we're getting in 2021 and what we have here now and how deep the receiver class is it's just better off to take a running back because the second round running back talent is not going to be nearly as good as the first round high end running back talent is. And like Matt said, once you get into this like second tier, third tier of receivers, or like I would say more so like the bottom end of the second tier of receivers, it starts to get real equal in there. And again, I haven't dug in into these deeper, like these smaller school receivers or anything like that. I haven't dug in any of these guys yet. So it's not a bad idea if like, if you need a receiver, because at one seven there will be a, a solid running back there, because a lot of these receivers in NFL draft wise are going to get drafted high, yep. and that's going to naturally push up a lot of people's opinion about them, just because they were drafted higher in the NFL. If we have five receivers, six receivers going to NFL draft, people are going to get real enamored with that, and they're oh, yeah. going to start drafting these guys higher than they should over some of these for running sure. backs. For sure, the with all the mocks that I've seen. The least amount of wide receivers in the first round I've seen is four. The highest I've seen is seven. Oh. So that gives you any indication, like, there's going to be a lot of receivers that go in the first round. Yeah, so that's what you should do early, right? Yep. But, but it's, you can't say that as well because, like, I'm not going to take – Still best available. I'm not going to take one of these running backs over Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb. No, no, I was, I was making that argument with you when we were snowboarding. I'm like, I really like CeeDee Lamb. Like I, I really like him. I'm I'm sitting there at number four. I have I have in one draft I have four and six, and I need running backs. But I have a, a ton of second round picks as well, and in that league. But it's it's still one of those things where if C D Lamb's staring me in the face, and at four like J K Dobbins is gone, obviously, and and so is DeAndre Swift. I may be looking at C D Lamb on my on my roster, sure. even though I don't even need him. I just think he's that talented. For sure. And you should do that always. Yeah. Uh, I'm in a league where that new league I started, the new Superflex League, is I have the 1-1 one, one in that league. The only running back I have on my roster is Sony Michelle. 
Only only running back. I pretty much have the rest. Of, I have Chris Thompson. Uh, you know, Ty John. Like he's my only running back. Right. My quarterbacks are Baker Mayfield, Mitch Trubisky, and Drew Locke. And then, you know, all young guys. You know, but it's like I need a running back. I'm still taking Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow is that good. So if you're in a super flex draft this year with Tua, with Joe Burrow, that puts that talent down all the way. Like you're getting elite talent all the way at nine. Right. Yep. Because even then, guys like Justin Herbert are probably going to be like a, a top 10 draft pick. It's going to go high in super flex. I was going to say, I mean, it's super back. flex tight end premium. I mean, we haven't dug into the, the, the tight ends much, but there's at least a couple guys. I mean, the guy from Purdue had like 800 and something yards. I know he's not like. Bryson he, Hopkins. Yeah, yeah he's Bryson nice Hopkins. He's not like the, the most athletic guy, but he produces. Yeah, and, and, no, I like and, him a lot. Uh, God, that's what's that's what's a, the guy's name from Washington who's like. Hunter Bryant. Hunter, yeah. He, he's he, kind of the Evan Ingram guy. He's definitely an Evan Ingram. That was definitely. I mean, he's got the body type. He's got, you know, he's like six foot three, 230 pounds. He's real, real athletic. So that's a perfect count for him as well. And those are four names, the Albert Owen, Cole Komet guys that we, we mentioned off the top, just off the top that right. have value. And, you know, New England takes one of those guys in the first, that is going to drastically push up right. his value in a tight end premium league. So it's going to be interesting as this rolls out. We'll definitely do like, we'll definitely go over like a super flex kind of rookie thing as for well. Sure. Um, like maybe we'll do a super flex rookie mock draft after, the NFL draft or right before the NFL draft somewhere in there. I think it'd probably be better to do that after the draft because you know where they're going to land and right. be more definitive to guess where these quarterbacks are going to be and how they're going to play out and what system. But, I mean, Joe Burrow, I mean. We'll, we'll know their path anyway, you know. Like if if somebody's ahead of them, you know, you know Ryan Fitzpatrick per se, per se, you know, like you'll know that, hey, this, you know, two is going to get groomed for a year and then he's going to be the starter in Miami in year two, something like that. Right. It, you know, scenario Joe, like that could play out. Joe Burrow's elite. Yeah. Absolutely. Like his pocket presence and the way he manipulates that pocket and moves in that pocket and keeps his eyes downfield and his accuracy, he is really, he's really good. Really good. Tua, Tua is, for me, I don't know what it is about watching a left handed quarterback, but it's, it's hard for me to evaluate. But I know that it, it's a good result and they're accurate passes, but everything just looks weird <laughs> to me for some reason when I'm looking at Tua. Does does anyone else have that issue, or am I like a freak that I just can't like? That's I just a freak. I have a hard time looking at left handed. I always have any lefty just looks. So like Mike Vick, Steve Young, they all looked super weird to me. Maybe I need to like flip my you know like <laughs> watch in a mirror or something. Do so because I it, dare you to do that. It, I, I might have to <laughs> just so everything looks normal to me. I guess I'm just so trained to watch right handed quarterbacks. It just looks so bizarre. They don't have a high success rate. They, it has. I mean, I don't know that it has anything to do with that. It just looks. Everything looks weird to me. Everything they're doing looks. I mean, you do have to shift weird. the offense. Your blindside tackle is a, is a different tackle than it would be otherwise. The ball's rotating the opposite way for the receiver. Like, so there are some things that do make it a little more complex. Yeah, but I just have a hard time in my personal in your evaluation because yeah. because I'm looking at him like two sucks. Yeah, no, but it's just it's, it's everything. Throws the ball with the best. wrong hand. Yeah, everything, <laughs> exactly. Everything just looks weird. I don't know what it is. I'm a weirdo. I'm gonna watch it in a mirror. Well, that, that, <laughs> Dude, that's good. I, I really and take video of yourself <laughs> watching it in a mirror, please. I'll try. Nerd hurt exclusive. Yeah, <laughs> this is Matt watching two a video. <laughs> I just don't like him, guys. I just I don't just like don't him. Get it? Oh wait, now <laughs> now all of a sudden Matt in the bathroom. Wow, <laughs> him J.K. Dobbins. And Devontae Parker and Preston Williams in Miami with Mike Kosicki. Look Ooh, out. Look Here they that. come, Brian Flores. Sorry, New England, and your in uh you and Jordan Love and Nikhil Harry and Cole Command and Tony <laughs> Michelle. Have fun with that. Yeah. All right. Well, with that being said, 
let's dive into our way too early. Way, way too early. Way too early. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sometimes you're just a little uh, premature. Uh, <laughs> it's not a little early. We'll do the draft order. Feels it's, so good. Some some would say it's way too early. <laughs> way too early. Way too early. Depends who you're talking to. You know, some mm-hmm. people are like, some people are satisfied with the wait. Some people want it early though. That's true. Yeah, you know, like, hey, give me the draft. Get in. Get out. I'm over with. I'm going done here. Taking a nap. <laughs> nap time. Um, let's do the draft order. I go first. All right. Matt, you want to go second? I'll take two. Gary goes third. Sounds good. That's how prepared we are. We have no idea who's doing what around here. But it's good. It's a mock draft. We don't want to know what the other person's going to take. So no. this isn't written out. We'll see what everybody says here. And then we'll comment on the pick, you know, because we each probably have our own little sure. evaluation of the way too early 2020 mock draft. For clarification, one QB, right? One QB. Just a one QB league. PPR league. Just so, your standard, plain old, boring white bread. P- no quarterbacks whatsoever. Yeah. Well, it's got to be PPR. Yeah. I can't believe it. We have standard rankings on the site. Who still plays standard? There's like three people out there. Oh, get hip. It's like <laughs> it's like you have to get, like your TV you have to get up and turn the knob to turn the channel. Clunk. Like clunk. ESPN two oh six. This only goes to forty three. <laughs> What's going on around here? So with the first pick in the draft, uh, this isn't actually an easy pick for me. Because I have two guys that I love here, and it's JK Dobbins and DeAndre Swift. And to me, these are the clear two best running backs. I mean, I was a group chat today. Uh, we just brought Nick Whalen on to the site, who's so you know, a Debbie OG in the Dynasty game. And if you don't know Nick Whalen, you can follow him on Twitter at Nick Whalen. He does fantastic work. And, you know, he had Dobbins at four, and I've seen a lot of our writers have Dobbins at four. And I'm like, I just don't get it. And they're like, well, I don't get why you have him at two. But for me, and we'll talk about when we get to Dobbins, like mm-hmm. he's the clear – and somebody may uh, chime in, they're like, Ohio State homer, which – I still, it's funny when I hear that and I see that online. I, I think they mostly media. did that on purpose because they know you hate them. Yeah, but it's just, it's just funny. <laughs> like people, like people that like, like to hate on the side, like, oh, those guys are browns colored glasses. It, it, it really Ohio bothers State. him. Look at him. Like he gets angry. He's upset. I, eh, just, I don't like to like, <laughs> eh, I'm just super pissed. <laughs> I'm just super mad. My blood's just, my blood's just um, boiling a little bit. But they're really close to me. Yeah. Like if one lands in a different spot than another, that's, you know, that, that's going to be the determination for me because they're literally neck and neck. That close. Um, I like them that much. But as of right now, as it stands in way too early, DeAndre Swift has been my number one 2020 rookie for over a year now. When we were talking about rookies last year and talking about those Georgia wide receivers, yeah. I said, I was like, I couldn't stop watching the running back DeAndre Swift. So I was watching, I watched a lot of 2018 DeAndre Swift games last year, and I came away overly impressed so this is a guy who had 196 attempts for 1218 yards and seven touchdowns also had 24 receptions for 216 yards and a touchdown typical georgia fashion where they're they're running backs not getting 300 carries right because that's not how they operate in georgia they tell the guy they're gonna get enough carries and for me deandre swift five foot nine 215 pounds is a running back just really explosive really good speed very, very good lateral agility. Yep. Good hands. Right. Really good size. Great contact balance. Great burst off his cuts. I mean, this guy makes a cost and he's gone. It's just he is a three down running back. And these again, these are two things I love about him and J.K. Dobbins. I envision them as three down running backs that never come off the field. We talked about these running backs that are consistent running back ones, and it's always the running backs that do two things 
catch the ball, and run the ball well. And that's what DeAndre Swift does. He's just another elite, talent, talented running back that's coming out of the University of Georgia. He checks all the boxes for me. There's not really a lot I really don't like about his game. There's not much of my initial just, you know, watching all his yep. game tape that I can say, oh, I don't like that about him or he doesn't do that well. To me, he's just a dominant running back that's going to be better in the NFL, kind of like Nick Chubb. He's going to be significantly better in the NFL than he was even in college. Yep. Would anybody not take DeAndre Swift here one? I'm just no, curious he, on that. He would be my top pick as well. Yeah, he'd be my t- he'd be my pick as well. For all I mean, for all the same reasons, you you gave a pretty accurate breakdown of the guy. Um, I this is one of those things where I don't I honestly don't see this one changing much, regardless. Like, you know, I think he's he's gonna be nailed in there. I mean, just hang hang him up there at, at one point one, and I, and I'm good. I've been doing something a little different this year than I did last year. I have a, a spreadsheet where I break down literally like every component that I think is a significant part of mm. the running backs game. And so I'm giving him a numerical value and his was super interesting because it was, it was kind of almost boring to look at because it was all like eight, nine, eight, nine, eight, nine, eight, <laughs> nine. Like it was all like well above average to like great. Like, and, and, and that's what he is. Like he doesn't have any obvious holes. He can do it in, 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 in the passing game. Uh, he's a, he's a weapon in the passing. He's not just making it happen, which we're going to talk about some running backs that can make it happen in the passing game. He's a true weapon in the passing game. Um, good in pass protection. Uh, and, and I, to find something on him, you almost have to be a little bit nitpicky. Um, and so I, I, I felt like at some point I had to find some sort of weakness. Oh, he had a seven somewhere. What's that? He had a seven somewhere. Uh, yeah. That was, that was the seven. Wish uh, I can get a seven. Well, in fact, the seven actually. It's funny that you say that. Looks. Uh, it was uh, it was touchdowns. He had seven touchdowns. Oh, it was TDs. And the interesting thing nice about TDs, that, DeAndre, give that a seven. I was watching it, uh, and that's not what I didn't rank him on touchdowns. That was actually his number of he, touchdowns. He got seven yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I didn't rank. Uh, how good are you at touchdowns? Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay. uh, but the interesting thing is compared to. Most of the other running backs that we were going to be either in tier one or around tier one, he did not have quite the same nose for the end zone that a lot of those guys had. You would see him make a really good play and then he would get like hit by one more defender and he wouldn't break it. Or he didn't have quite the right angle and ended up going out of bounds. So he would still get a good chunk 25 yard play, 30 yard play, but it seemed very rare for him to break off that long run finisher. Yes. And so he didn't quite have that nose that some of those other guys had for the end zone. That is me being absolutely nitpicky. He is my 101 in this class. He would be my my pick as well. Yeah, I mean, it, like you said, the weapon in the passing game, you could say, you know, you can put him in that. Nobody's ever on this level, but like, the, the, you know, the Christian McCaffrey kind of level of how dangerous he is in that passing yep. game and how well he catches the ball, runs the routes, gets him over there. Um, kind of like, you know, uh, Clyde uh, Edwards Lair. Yep. Uh, you know, he can run the routes. Cam Akers can run the routes. Um, Jackie Dobbins can run routes, mm-hmm. but DeAndre Swift is that kind of weapon. And so for Matt, you said one, one, lock it up. Doesn't matter where he lands. This isn't changing for you. No, I don't think so. So if DeAndre Swift went to Miami and JK Dobbins went to the Colts, it would still say the same for you. Just, I'm just going to throw let's throw that out there. Like say Miami takes DeAndre Swift in the first the Colts get well, whether they're high second or something along those lines. Yeah. They, you know, they get they get J.K. Dobbins is a second running back off the board, and he's he goes to the Colts. Yeah, I'm still good. I'm still good with uh, Swift. Yep, with okay. Swift at one point one. 
1.01. That might be enough me. to shift it for me. I have them very close. Yeah, and that'd be enough to shift it for me. And that's and that when I say shift, that's the kind of shift I'd want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, ooh, J.K. Dobbins is on Kansas Best City. Offensive line, or, yeah. You know, or he goes to San Francisco or the Colt. Like those three teams, or maybe even Tampa Bay. And just somehow, like DeAndre Swift ends up. I don't want to say Miami because I do kind of like Miami going forward, but I am worried about that offensive line. Sure. You know, it's a reason they threw the ball a ton. They've got a besides they have any running backs. of assets, man. They do. So many picks. They do. So and they have, they have draft many. capital or uh, picks. Uh, cap salary space. cap space too. So, and I get it. I mean, DeAndre Swift is the 1-1. One, one. That's why I took him here. I'm saying to me there is some wiggle room. But if you said no wiggle room, I'm okay with that too because, again, I had the 1-1 one, one in the league. And I'm taking DeAndre Swift. Right. Like, right. I, I almost wanted to put a uh, message on that league. Just lock me up with DeAndre Swift. I'm taking him now. And I'm like, ooh, but what if he goes to like, but, yeah, but. You know, what if he goes somewhere like I like hate, and then like J.K. goes to the Colts. It's what like, if what if New England takes him, <laughs> where running backs go to die? Yeah. See, there you go. That's a different situation. They're like, oh, back back to back years in the first round. You know, no, back to back years, but. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two out of three. Two out of three years to take a running back out of Georgia, nonetheless. Right. Yeah, that'd be. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of concerned. Tandem. You know, they're like, well, Tom Brady's not here anymore. We're going to run the ball a ton. Forever. Give me some Sony. Sony's going to rebound year three. Third year breakout. Probably not. <laughs> third, All right, well. Third year broke ass uh, knee. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you are on the clock at number two in a way too early 2020 mock draft. Your future franchise of your dynasty team, whatever words I just said, those make sense. <laughs> this is probably going to be popular between you and me because we are Ohio State homers. Just oh God, me, yes. just me and you, just the two, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. the two. Of well, us. Uh, wait, hold on, no longer flaccid. <laughs> God, so I'm going with J.K. Dobbins. Hey, hey, you. Um, so this year he he, uh, he played in all 14 games, 301 attempts for 2,003 yards. That's a 6.7 per. And then he also added in um, 21 touchdowns. So talk about nose for the end zone. Those are yep. those are rushing touchdowns there. Um, and then for the receiving line, 23 catches, 247 yards, and then another two touchdowns. So that's 23 total touchdowns and about 2,200 yards total from scrimmage. So that's just ridiculous production. And obviously, um, you know, five foot. 10 217 pounds um so he's a, he's a well-built guy he he can do it all you know he's one of these guys that catches passes he, he never needs to come off the field obviously he came in you know 2017 was his freshman year and he, and he he lit it up you know 194 yards or 140 194 uh, carries for like 1400 yards and then his sophomore season came back and had a little bit of dip in production and i think um i think that really really motivated him in this past off season to kind of, kind of return to greatness and, and get back in, in, you know, into the premier shape. He said that he changed his diet. He dropped his body percentage, you know, his, his fat percentage in his body. And this year, I mean, it really showed he, Absolutely. I mean, he really was the, the, the one of the most explosive running backs in the whole entire country. So, I mean, this, this for me is an easy, easy pick at 1.02. He's, he's the next, He's the next best running back on the board. I mean, those numbers you all mentioned too. Those are Ohio, that two thousand three yards is an Ohio State record. You beat that, that's Eddie one George. season, yep. by the way. That's not a career number. Yeah, that's, right. that's one season. Yeah. Two thousand three <laughs> rushing yards is an Ohio State record, and you got to think Eddie George, Eddie George, yep. you know Maurice Claret, Zeke Elliott, Archie Griffin, Archie two Griffin, time. Robert Smith, and there's been some great Ohio State running backs. There's been a lot of good quarterbacks come out in the NFL, nope. but phenomenal 
running backs here, uh, and Zeke being the latest. And Zeke's one of the best running backs I've ever seen in Ohio State. Absolutely. And J.K. Dobbins out even produced Zeke Elliott. And like you mentioned, there's not anything he doesn't do well. I mean, there's times his lateral movement ridiculous is so good. There's times you could freeze frame. And I know we retweeted I retweeted on my profile early in the season where he is literally lateral to the ground. Like, he's matrix style out there. You're like, what is this? How? I love him. And it's when I, once I saw that, like, that early in the year, I retreated. I'm like, listen, I don't know anybody else. Like, if anybody else sees anybody better than J.K. Dobbins besides DeAndre Swift, please come and explain it to me. And I, here I am now in 2020, which is the way future. Like, oh. like when I parked my flying car, I got out of here. I was like, couldn't wait to talk about J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> and I, and for me, it's just, it, it hasn't changed. You know, it's still DeAndre Swift one, but J.K. Dobbins, like Matt said, does everything well. He's physical. His feet's fantastic. His pass protection's solid. And he catches the ball. I mean, he's not as good as a receiver as DeAndre Swift. He's not the best receiver in this class, but he can do it. He can do it, yeah. He can do it. Absolutely. And he's not coming on the field. 5'10", 217 pounds, those are perfect measurements for an NFL running back. That's, that's dream material. And J.K. Dobbins, for me too, Matt, I'm with you. Clear cut number two in this draft class. Doesn't matter where the receivers go. Doesn't matter what happens. I'm taking J.K. Dobbins at number two. Garrett? Yep, I agree. Uh, that Those are my top two as well right now. So uh, as of right now, I, th- I think it'll vary slightly as we go. But but right now we're we're all on the same page. We're all in sync. Um, and so I, I really do like Dobbins. And it was interesting because I, I even had to try my best to not like I overdid it trying to not be a homer for Dobbins because I, I do. I love Ohio State. I love J.K. Dobbins. And so I think preseason I had him. I want to say it like RB seven, oh. RB six. And part of that was based off of last season. I was going to say last year. I mean, warranted last year. He did not have a great year. He didn't. Yeah. He did not look nearly as good. Um, and but but as I watched the tape, uh, it was it was just it was impossible for me not to move him up. Um, especially that second half of the season. I mean, he really just put it, put it, put it in another gear. And uh, I made a, a little video, like 20, it was only like 25 seconds or something, but it was literally just of JK Dobbins making people fall and, and, and him just literally making people look stupid on the field. Right. It's, it's crazy how elusive he is and, and he can do it in the open field, but he also, there were several times that I saw, you know, in, in between in the, the hole. Yep. Yeah. Making guys miss. I, I love that ability uh, out of any running back, but in particular out of J.K. Dobbins. It's it's one of his better attributes for sure. And there was, there was even times where he was behind the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. where he would make a move where he should have been down in the backfield. Right. Like he should have been down completely makes a guy whiff, like not even touch him. And that's his whiff. lateral agility that, that yep. Rich was talking about earlier. I mean, his ability to break dudes' ankles yep. in the open field or, like you said, even in the hole, it is, it's rare. Yep, and I guess that's the only way that, or the best way that I can put it. Now, if if I if once again trying to be nitpicky because I do want to try to paint a complete picture, the one thing, and you could even say this for Dobbins as well, both of these guys came from very good offensive lines. Both had really good holes for the most part to run through. Um, you know, so not that that's a bad thing. Plenty of successful college running backs go to the NFL with superb lines. But you do want to see at times, you know, what they can do with without those holes always being there. But both those guys showed, even on on plays that were broken down, that they would still make guys miss, that they would still make things happen. So it's not a concern for me. But you do you do wonder what it'll be like it when things aren't optimal. 
Yeah, like you said, always getting forward, always getting positive yards. It's one of the big things when we talked about Miles Sanders last year that I used to, I why moved him up so big for me as well. Is like, man, this is a guy. No matter what, even the line of scrimmage when stuffed, he's always get, getting that extra yard. Like he's always getting forward. And and to Garrett's point, there are guys that they'll get what's blocked. Yep, and, and, and that's it. They can't create on their own at all. And J.K. Dobbins is not one of those guys. Not at all, um, as far as from what I've seen. So, uh, lo- love what he can do. Yeah. So. The, so again, the, to me, in my eyes, the, why you said you had, you had Jonathan Taylor and Travis Etienne this tier, and why this is why I do, so I want to come back to this. Why I don't yeah. have them in that tier is because these two guys, to me, like Matt said, are bulletproof. You know, I don't think Jonathan Taylor's bulletproof. I don't think Etienne certainly. I don't think he's not bulletproof. Uh, but these are two guys that are elite talents that will be successful in the NFL. Like. Again, nothing's 100% bulletproof. You know sure. what I mean? Obviously, I thought Sonny Michelle was going to be an elite running back in the NFL. It's just weird because him and, like, Nick Chubb literally flip-flopped on me. You know what I mean? Like, it's I thought Nick Chubb's, I was somewhat concerned about his knee and what would happen with his explosiveness. And that's now he's, like, a top-tier running back in the NFL, and Sonny Michelle's all these concerns. pretty much a bust at this point. But these guys don't have knee injuries at all. They're actually pretty healthy guys. Right. And, I mean, DeAndre Swift has been banged up here and there. But these two guys are going to come in that Zeke Elliott kind of role right right out the gates. When you come in, they're top-tier dynasty startup picks. Mm-hmm. You do a startup draft, you're in the second round before they're even drafted. These guys I'm willing to invest in on a startup team. That's how confident I am in these two guys. They're immediate producers. If you have the one first pick and the second pick in the draft, and the reason you have those is through trades and whatnot, and you're strong everywhere, and kind of like my one team where you just don't have any running backs at all, these are two guys that will immediately make a difference maker, be difference makers. They could both have a very good chance to be running back ones out the gate and carry your team to the playoffs. Yep. That good. Elite dynasty talent. When we think of these top-end running backs, these are two guys that I think will come in and immediately fall into that category. That's why I love them at one, and I love them at two because I'm getting that production right away. Now at three. Yeah, I was going to say, couldn't agree more. Now let's see what happens Garrett three. Yeah, so, so yeah, those were, those were my top two as well. Uh, and the reason I have uh, all four of those running backs in the same tier, um, I, I love Dobbins and, and Swift, Swift because – they can do it all. They are the two most balanced backs in the class. I have no, there's no obvious holes with either of these two players. However, the the next two running backs have some elite traits um, that I think are pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, and specifically the one that I'm about to take here. And I could see a situation and, and how I do my tiers is if, if I could see a situation where landing spot would maybe consider me moving one above the other, then, then they would be in the same tier. And specifically this guy for sure. And I've almost considered cutting it off after him. Um, but it's Travis Etienne for me. Uh, he was my top running back before all of this. And the interesting thing is he had easily as good, if not better, season this year uh, than he had last season. Um, for one specific reason. Now, his numbers were 192 attempts, so not that many attempts at all. Right. Uh, 1,536 yards. Gross. At eight yards a carry. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Eight yards. And he did that for back-to-back seasons. He had 8.1 last year. Uh, 18 touchdowns. Um, but the big question mark with him was always the receiving ability. Right. I think we even talked about it when we 
we're, we're talking about some of the Devi guys and we did that Devi episode back in, I don't know. I don't know when it was August. I was gonna say it was, July, it, it was right. Like it was right before the college season. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So, uh, there was a quote that had come out, uh, about him being, uh, you know, hearing footsteps when, when he was in the passing game. And so that, it was, it was that he was nervous when they threw yeah, him the ball. He, he, he was nervous <laughs> about that. And so there was all these red flags, like don't draft ETN. He's never going to be able to catch. Well, the interesting thing is he actually had one of the most productive receiving games out of any of these running backs. We're going to talk about 32 catches, 396 yards and four touchdowns. Right. Now, I'm still not saying that he is uh, DeAndre Swift. I'm not saying he's uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I'm not saying he's any of those guys, but he's clearly answered that question for me. Can he still produce in the receiving game? I would say he's not even close to those guys. No, but... We'll talk about it. No, but... But, but, I agree. That, but that's not no, what I said. Yeah, I, he's, I, come, I he's come leaps and bounds in the receiving game. He went right. from five catches yeah. his, his his freshman year, 12 catches his sophomore year to 32. So, it, I mean, that's a very... That's a pretty big arc. Right definitely there. not right. Jordan Howard. Right. Right. And that that was the thing was, I was worried, will he only ever be able to use be used on first and second down? Yeah. That was my worry. And I think he's answered that, that he could, in the right situation, play all three downs with no real major concern. Yes. Um. He's not super great in the in pass protection, so that would be the other thing that I, I think he needs to work on, partly because he's a lighter back. He's not a big guy. He's listed at 210. I would guess he's more like 205. Um, but here's what's special about Travis Etienne. Here's why I'm taking him here. Um, I have never, and, and I'm saying never, I have never seen in, in my time doing fantasy, which hasn't been super long, but I have not seen a running back be able to accelerate the way that Travis Etienne accelerates. Chris Johnson? I, I think Chris Johnson was faster. Uh -huh. I don't think he accelerates as well as Travis okay. Etienne. Um, but I, will, I, I do think he was faster, though. Um, so the thing that is really interesting to see is, granted, he's going to run 4-3. Like, he's, he's crazy, crazy, crazy fast. Right. But, but it's also because he gets up to top speed and a lightning fast. Like that. Yeah. And it's even off of contact, which is what I'm in love with. You'll see him in the open field and he'll hit a guy or a guy will make contact with him and he still is able to get right back to top speed right now. There is no time wasted in between that contact and him getting back up to full speed. And when he when when you're behind him, you're not catching up to him. Yeah, I was talking to Matt. It's funny before you got to the studio, I was talking we were talking about ETN. I was saying I was like, man, I was like it's just crazy like how he could take a hit. And then just still keep on going. Still like, keep on going, right. Because I'm with you. I, I came away like, because when you think of a guy like EDN, who's like really fast and explosive the way he is, you don't think of like a physical running back. And that's my number one thing I came away with ETN. I made me like him more from an outside view going in. was like, wow, he's actually strong and well-built. Because yeah. usually you think of these running backs that are super fast like that. They're lean. They're, they're not as physical. They take a hit. They go down. Like Chris Johnson, you get down pretty easy. He's not afraid of physicality. No, yeah, he he's great and with he's got really really good contact balance. He's he's not going to be a power runner like he's not your guy on the goal line to punch it in. No, um, yeah, that's definitely and that's why I think he's out of that that top tier for me. Right, because I, I don't know if he's like a guy that can run between the tackles and be a, a complete three down guy that you just have on the field all the time for that reason. Sure, because I, I I don't I don't and it's and I have a long way to go. I haven't done a ton of of tape on him. But he is explosive. He's great in the open field. Yes. But when stuff gets congested, I don't. I. It's just not quite. Is he can't create on the. Uh, you know, in the middle of a. He can't right. in a hole 
make a guy miss. That's my number one. I was going to let you get through your thing. Yeah, you're good. My number one thing that I don't, again, why he's in that other tier is, we talked about Dobbins and Swift and their open field and their lateral, lateral agility. That's his biggest flaw is his lateral agility. Yep. It, I mean, it almost doesn't even exist. Right. It really he's doesn't. A, he's a one-cut runner. And, it, and it's probably because he's so fast and gets up to speed so quickly, he never even had to have that as part of his game. He could just out. He could. Guys thought they had an angle on him, and he was gone. Yep. You and know what I, I mean? You don't. Ha- you don't have to have that in your game when you're that. When you're that fast. And this is nitpicky too. Going back to what you sure. said about about his pass catching ability, is from what I've seen, like almost all. Yeah, he had 32 catches for 396 yards and four touchdowns. So you you hear that 332 catches for 396 and four touchdowns. Like those were almost all screens. Like, yeah, yeah, he's not like running said, routes. Yes, exactly. So his his big yardage comes from his speed, his burst, and his his explosiveness. Yeah, you yep. get you get him in the open field. You get a couple of blockers ahead of him and you let him go. And he's gone. You find your lane so and go. I, mean, I feel like somewhat like a lot of people are. And again, I so we're we're coming back to being somewhat nitpicky. Is sure. a lot of people are going to come back on that what you started with? Like, oh, his biggest question mark was his pass catch ability, and they're going to build on this. Like, look at him, thirty two catches for three hundred ninety six yards. That's fantastic. I also think it's somewhat misleading. It is because I don't think that's going to carry over to the NFL. That's not going to. That's not going to happen in the NFL, where he's going to catch these little screens and he's just be gone every single time. So I think that's. I like it. I'm happy that he did do it. Right. So it's not like I'm not using this against him. It's just I feel like that's going to be. He's not a weapon there. Yeah, I feel like it's a a narrative that's going to be overblown. Essentially, you know what I mean? It's a. That it's like a Wisconsin running back who's getting over a thousand yards. Like, well, of course it's in Wisconsin, right? Yeah, you know? they, have, they have a good offensive line. So the 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 one last thing I'll say before we get onto pick four is, uh, I would feel differently as well if this was me as an NFL coach drafting mm-hmm. versus me as a fantasy owner drafting, um, because I would prefer as an NFL coach a guy that I felt a little bit better about in some of that power running game, uh, but. With this guy, it will take one play for him to make your fantasy day. And he can absolutely do that. And the NFL has adapted and adjusted into being much more predicated on speed than it had been in a long time. And so they're only building and trending in more of that direction. Ten years ago, he wouldn't have been nearly as valuable as I think he will be today. Yeah, I'm really intrigued about his landing spot. It's going to mean a lot. That's It, it is going to be. It's going to mean an awful lot. More, Probably more so than, than most guys. I was going say. Just about more than anybody in this draft, I'm really intrigued about where he lands. Because I, I think he's definitely going to be scheme dependent on yeah. where he can go. Because otherwise, you're talking about a guy who has like like the epitome of like hashtag two to three year window, right? Sure. Like a game that's predicated on top of speed. Again, I came away really excited about his size and his stature and the way he was able, like you mentioned, take a hit in the open field and kind of still keep getting those yards. But, like, you know, and it, like you said, his burst and explosiveness, like it, it's, it's dude, absurd. he got the ball in his hand. He's gone. That's it, eight yards of carry. That's what it shows for. But I was worried about his pass protection. Um, I was worried about, like, I saw no lateral agility whatsoever, like almost non-existent to, to the T. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I saw him do one spin move and that spin move was, I was like, oh, we did a spin move. And then I rewatched it because I wanted to see it because of the spin move. And it looked like it actually just turned out like the defender grabbed him. So he kind of he like spun out of he it. Just, he grabbed one side of him and then he, and he just naturally And he spun, spun out of it. It was yeah. like a natural move. Like, oh, yeah. never mind then. I, was, I got real excited about it. You know, I'm yeah. like, oh, that's something that, like, I was looking for something like something, that to, yeah. to build on top of for his game to see if I was missing something or he had something to build on top of. But I do kind of think 
he is what he is. Yeah, he's a one-cut you know? guy. One-cut guy, get north and south. We saw with a guy like Chris Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. One-cut, get north, you're faster than everybody else. And that was great for two and a half years yep. in the NFL. And then that was it. So th- that's my biggest concern with ETN is just like, okay, where's he going to go? Where's he going to be playing? And will they scheme around that? And I, again, I'll take the screen passes. I don't need you running, yeah. you know, hook routes or comebacks or hit you in the flat. Just go to hit it, go on the flat. Let me hit you to screen and get up north. Foul. Let's get a fullback in front of you, a tight end in front of you, or a good big receiver, and let's go. Yep. And what kind of offensive coach is he going to have that's going to be creative for him? Um, and there's a lot of good spots for ETN to land to get me excited. It's just I want to make sure he lands in one of those spots. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yep. I agree. Because um, right now, the guy who I'm going to take here. I would take ahead of him right now. Now, I could see that switch in ETN being the clear-cut number three in this class. I could see people saying, oh, I'm taking ahead of J.K. Dobbins with him in the right spot. You know, mm-hmm. like I said ETN. I tweeted at somebody, uh, I think my friend Cleveland Elf, um, you know, ETN in San Francisco would be disgusting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because San Baltimore. Francisco's offense is literally built for a one-cut runner to get north and south and hit him with those quick screens. That offense is built for Kyle awesome. Shanahan. That offense, you could make a case for Travis ETN being – one one, one. yep, in absolutely. That case, if he ends in San Francisco, I would still take Swift and Dobbins, but you can make that case. Yeah, depending on where the other guys land and whatnot. But for me here, I'm gonna be the first one to get off the running back train, and I'm taking a receiver here, and that's C.D. Lamb, wide receiver, yep. Oklahoma, six foot two and a half inches, 195 pounds, and you're gonna see a lot of Jerry Judy versus C.D. Lamb, and to me, they're just completely night and day, two different receivers. They are. The reason I like CeeDee Lamb is he looks to me as a true number one receiver in the NFL. You know, you get guys that get out there and, you know, DJ Moore is a really good receiver. He's wide receiver one. And it's not because he's that big build. He's not that big physical. He's not DeAndre Hopkins, mm-hmm. Julio Jones, A.J. Green. To me, that's CeeDee Lamb. He's somebody that is gets out there, good size, Tracks the ball very well, great body control, great hands, great sideline awareness where he's on the sideline making these plays, getting his feet in there, going up and getting the ball, getting the ball at the high point. His biggest weakness is definitely, it's not even that much of a weakness because his his game translates to NFL is his speed. He's not nearly as fast as Jerry Judy or any of these other receivers, but he's Definitely fast enough. He, he somehow still makes it happen. Like he, you still see these long breakaway plays. So he's not fast, but I think he's going to run a deceptively good 40. I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a 4 4 8 or something. Yeah. Like, like you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I was yep. thinking like a high 4 5. That's my first yep, guess. Right, like right, right in that range. So it's not bad, but it's not it's not what we're going to see from Rugs and Rager and, and those guys. Yeah, and it, again, that's the most. <sighs> It's really again. That's that's something that's not. Remember, Jerry Rice ran a four six. Right. So that's if you could run a four five four, you're just fine. How often? NFL. How often are you going to be running forty yards? I mean, obviously more so as a wide receiver than any other position. But how often do you really run straight line forty yards? Like, right. not very often. You know what I mean? So it's it's more about how how quickly you get in and out of breaks. Do you lose speed in and out of breaks and, and all that kind of stuff? So it it's um it. He has he has plenty of all that, and he's and he's he's a bear to take down. 
you know, you get the ball in, in his hands in the open field, and it's not like he's he's like the, one of these easy guys that you just you know you knock over and they're they're light as a feather. So um, he's listed at six two, one hundred eighty nine pounds. He, I have him as one ninety five. Okay, I was gonna say he looks big. Well, wherever I got, I mean, all I'm, these weights are gonna yeah, change exactly. For the Fluctuate. We're all gonna have different numbers. I wouldn't be surprised if, 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 if one they actually weigh him in and he's in over two hundred pounds because that's what he looks like on tape to me. So when I saw his weight even at one ninety five, I was like, he's not one ninety five. This is like a big. He's he he's, looks like a two ten, two fifteen type of guy. And he's gonna get bigger. Like yeah. this is he has gonna the frame be, for it. He's got the frame for it. He looks again, he's just a number one Couldn't agree with you more receiver. By the way. Number one wide receiver, number one build. He's got it he's got he's he's the total package the, uh, from a wide receiver. The, the most common comps I've heard for him are DeAndre Hopkins and uh Devontae Adams. Those are the most common comps. I love those comps. Yeah. I love those comps. Yep. I love the Devontae Adams comp. Mm-hmm. More than everything, you know, because yeah, like, I think he's a lot like Devontae Adams. Yeah, because I feel like DeAndre Hopkins is a little fat, a little bit more fluid mm-hmm. than him. They were Devon. I love the Devontae Adams cap, and I love C.D. Lamb coming in here again. One of those receivers by right around year three, right around twenty twenty two, we're gonna be looking at C.D. Lamb. If, if I had to guess, if I just said a whoop out these succulent magic of balls and look into my sweet crystal balls and say who's gonna be here. In that top first tier of wide receivers in 2022, I see D. I see C D Lamb. C D. <laughs> oh, you're talking about C D. What? <laughs> Got him. Oh my. C D's nuts. <laughs> Got him. So I love him, Garrett. What are, what's your take on C D Lamb? Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. He is my wide receiver one right now. It's very very close for me. I, I like Jerry Judy a lot. I even posted today, like, you know, a little picture of the two of them and, like, who's going to go one. And it was interesting because it was basically split down the middle. Like, mm-hmm. half the people were like, oh, definitely CD. And they're like, Jerry Judy's always been the one. Like, uh, like so I think it's going to be a fun debate all offseason, especially when we really dig into these guys. But CD had just a knack for making plays when his team needed him the most to make plays. Um, he He's able to run a full route tree like even as a bigger guy i like his routes i wouldn't say he's elite route runner but i I, there was nothing that concerned me about any of that uh high points the ball really well physical receiver plays bigger than he actually is at times um so yeah i i really like cd he is also i hate to agree this much because that's not my my natural tendency is to to be the uh, guy that throws a wrench and things in here uh but I agree. Like he's he's the he's the one right now. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think a lot of these guys are going to be. You know, I think you threw somewhat of a wrench for me. You threw a wrench in when you took Etienne over CD Lamb. Right. Personally, that's like a wrench to me because to me, I'm taking. You know, if I get a running back that I think that might only have like a three year window in the NFL over a guy who I think has a six to eight year window, like I'm taking a receiver every time here. For me, it's also a lot about what we talked about before the show. I'm going to wait till later end of the first round, second round to, to nab my receivers. Cause I think there's a lot of good ones there and in 2021. And, and that's fair. But again, we're talking like a guy who we get us come to like Devonte Adams. Sure. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's like, we're going to be talking about a lot of receivers later, but we're not going to be confident to Devonte. No, 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 like no. I, him and Jerry Judy, both are just really, really, really good. Really, and again, there's another receiver we're going to talk about. We won't get to the nerd episode that I love. Like not as equal, but my love is there. It's growing. I mean, it's growing. Was it the one you, you text us about? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. My, right. With the eye, sideways eyes and hearts. See, yeah. we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I need you, to dig into more. And you know more, I love them if I send emojis because I don't true. ever. That's true. You're not an emoji guy. I never thought about that. Never. 
ever use emojis. A lot of times, like even when I text my wife, I'm like, insert emoji here. Like that's what that's my text. <laughs> I'd rather type all of that out. <laughs> insert penis emoji here. And I, and I understand like the emojis are real popular and stuff. Like you know, when sometimes when people text me in emojis, it somewhat annoys me, but not under circumstances. So like I even send you guys emojis. That's how much like I you're, like that. You're guy. all in. So yeah, see Lamb, when you get anytime you get an opportunity to get a guy as a future number one receiver, not just a number one receiver on a team, but a really talented guy, again, like a Devontae Adams, you have a chance to get a guy that you think is going to project out to that level. Yep. You just got to take him. And again, for me, he, I would take him at currently, if I had the third pick, that's where I would have taken him. Mm-hmm. Out of where you just took him, I would take him at three. And I'd, I would have felt comfortable with that. Now, if I didn't really need a running back, that's what's special about this class here. Once you get past, because even at two, like if I, here's, if I desperately needed a receiver, desperately, and we have a guy in our 16-year league, he desperately needs receivers. He could use run, but he desperately needs receivers. He said, I'm taking the best receiver no matter what here. And he's already said that because he knows he's a receiver. I have no problem taking a guy like CeeDee Lamb over any of these running backs strictly for the fact is because if you do get a Devontae Adams, you know, there's no difference between having Dalvin Cook and Devontae Adams. You know what I mean? You might have one ranked higher than the other, but in the grand scheme thing of dynasty, it's not that drastically different. Now, if Dobbins or Swift turns into, you know, like a Barkley or a Christian McCaffrey, then you're talking somewhat of a difference. But for the most part here, you're not talking that drastic of a difference. So that's why I view Judy, Lamb, Dobbins, and Swift in that tier one because – all four of those guys, I love how it's equal. Like, I'm good either way. Yep. Like, I again, I feel like I'm coming away with that bulletproof prospect that I'm going to get fantasy production from year in, year out. Felt the same way about Corey Davis, though. We all know how that tor- turned out. Um, I think we have time to get one more pick in here. Do we have time to get one more pick in here? Or should uh-uh. we move it on to the Nerd Herd episode? We're four picks in. We have eight more to go. We have to hustle in the herd. I was going to say. We know where the pick's going. Yeah. Let's get it out of the way. No, actually, I'm a little bit torn to be Ooh, honest. Whoa, say, I, there's two guys that I, there's a, I'm a little bit torn, um, and I haven't, uh, you know, fully, probably, you know, tiered these two guys up together. So, because I, I wasn't expecting both of them to be sitting here, <laughs> so um, it's a bit of a debate. I like them both. I'm, I'm probably going to go at this early stage in the game. I'm probably just going to go Jerry Judy. <clears throat> Dang know. it. So <laughs> that was who I wanted. I was really wanting him at six. Yeah. So, I mean, six foot one, 192 pounds out of Alabama. You know, this is a guy that obviously burst onto the scene as a sophomore, uh, putting up like 1,300 yards in, in, in the 15 games there for the Alabama. This the year, Blitnikoff. yeah, the one, the Blitnikoff. He, he was, he had a little bit of a down year, you know, as far as his standards with only 1,100 yards uh, plus um, with 10 touchdowns. But, <laughs> You know, you can't say enough about his his hand, uh, his route running ability. Oh yeah, I mean, super elite. He, yeah, he's at, he's at the Amari Cooper, the, right? He's level uh, coming out. Right, right. And obviously, uh, the one thing I had mentioned earlier in the show were, were you know the, the, some questionable drops in in some big moments in the LSU game, but it's not like a huge issue. He's just not one of those elite um, hands catcher type of guys where, where, where they're catching balls with one hand and, and everything that comes their way is, is being caught no matter what, like he's not that guy and he's, he's not the biggest and most physical guy, but he, he wins in other ways. Yep. And, and, um, 
he's just he's an he's an elite guy that I could definitely see finishing in, in the wide receiver one category for most of his career. Yeah, uh, you're you're not gonna like this as much as 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 Rich and I would, but the comp that I've seen him most often get is Stephon Dix. Really good route yeah. runner, uh, can make big plays, can get downfield. Um, so he can I just, do. I just went from midnight to six. Yeah, you just went opposite. <laughs> using rich terminology. <laughs> uh, that that's the comp I've seen for him, but uh, I I think he could end up being much more consistent than Diggs is, and I know that's part of the the big issue that you have with Diggs. And, Absolutely, and, and, yeah, and that's so. that is my huge. That's my only issue with Diggs. Yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so, but as far as like play style and ability, I think that's a fairly good range of outcome to to kind of think about when you're looking at Jerry Judy. And and I think that's that is a really good comp. Actually, I mean, you see, obviously, you, you always see Stephon Diggs breaking dude, breaking dudes' ankles in practice and stuff like that. Right. And Jerry Judy has that ability um, in his route running, so I could I could and, see that. And comp. they're close to size. I mean, Diggs yep. is six foot. He's six foot one. Uh, my take on Jerry Judy because I really dug. I wanted to dig into him more last night and watch a lot more games. And I looked at him a little bit harder than most because I had him on the outside tier and I was getting people into. I was like, why do I ha-? like? I had this guy as my like super high all year like why did i say that you know what i mean like right. why let me back it up and i started talking a little bit more and everything you guys said i agree with 100 percent. like it's his route running to me is amazing he can line up anywhere in the field i mean he played in the slot he played on the outside this Love is to a, see that he's a true weapon like there's somebody like a guy like t higgins only played outside nothing else that's it jerry judy lined up inside outside um tremendous in the open field. Like he's really fast. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I'm sure everybody's going to be talking about it, but his speeds there too. Oh yeah. Low four fours. I, I would assume maybe even high yeah. four threes. Mm-hmm. But what I loved about him too is like his feet off Excellent. the line of scrimmage. He has such quick feet, uses his hands. Well, I mean, he is really good off the line and that is extremely important at the next level in the NFL. If you can use your feet like he does and use his hands to get off the line and have his ability with the speed and route running, this is a guy who is going to consistently be open at the next level. And, and he, I think he's going to have to win like that because he's, he's not the most physical, I, w- I would no, say. No, he's got kind of a slight frame, actually. Right, right. He can be pushed around. Yeah. yeah you know, so if you were thinking like somewhat – and I was like, oh, okay, what well, guys like him press coverage. You know what I mean? Like, oh, what's he going to do? But his feet are – he's good enough there. Yeah. Where I saw that. I think he's able to handle that. I don't even think that's like the biggest of deals anymore. In the modern NFL – I mean, the NFL, they have like a couple yards where they can touch yeah. a guy. After mm-hmm. that, you know what I mean? Like the physicality has gone. Defensive backs right. can't manhandle guys like they used to be able to. So it's it's not that big of an issue. As long as you can get off the line, you're good. One thing that's really unique about him, I was talking about it with uh, some guys in this tape, tape talk group that, that I'm in, and uh, – Something that's interesting that I I don't know that I've ever said this about another player before, but we talk a lot about acceleration. He decelerates really, really well. Like his ability to go from full speed to stopped right is is really unique and i and i don't think that's ever really talked about i mean i think it's mentioned when people reference hey his stop start ability right but i don't think it's ever broken down as far as hey this is guy that you know, they never say deceleration like you like you broke it down and that's a good that's a real good jk point. dobbins does that well too he can yep that's one of my favorite i like my notes for him the way he like, again decelerate the start stop ability it, it's it's a tool yep actually absolutely. I, like, i'm looking at my notes it's something i even mentioned with him it's in my notes. His well, start stop ability is just well. Tremendous. There's there's players you you see it and they stop with one stop, you know, one step, and they're mm-hmm. they're going in another direction. Whereas in you know some of these bigger guys, some of the guys, I mean, like like a uh, what's his name? Uh, God, Henry. 
the running back, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Henry. He would take like four. You know, like he's just so big. There's so right. much momentum. It, it takes him about four to to stop and go in, in another direction. You know, so it's it's just um, it it is very it's a it's a tool and it's probably not talked about enough. And with Jerry Judy going back to him, that's who we're talking about right now. Jerry Judy from Alabama, uh, six foot one, 192 pounds, and why I like him, see Lamb slightly better for him. You mentioned his physicality, his lean frame, and. I'm, I saw some of those drops, too. We, we talked about in the beginning of the episode. I saw mm-hmm. two versus New Mexico State. One hit, somebody had a hand on them. Those two versus LSU were really bad. Right. Uh, they were just flat-out drops. I mean, yeah. no other way to put it. Both should have been touchdowns. Right. He rebounded the very next play. Another one got a touchdown, but it should have been touchdowns. You know? mm-hmm. What if that would have been fourth down or third down? And like you said, I am somewhat worried about like how he's going to produce with contested catches. Because, honestly, we didn't even really get to see it in college because he's such a good route runner. And he's consistently open that he didn't have to really deal with it. But every time you guys saw like somewhat they had to deal with it, like he'd, he'd, he'd draw in with a little bit more of a body catch. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like he could be pushed around. So if you get a big, good physical cornerback on him at the NFL level, that would be somewhat interesting to see. Right. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't project him as somebody that's going to get a ton of touchdowns. They look very different, but I would expect more like Julio Jones style numbers where lots and lots of yards but maybe not nearly as many touchdowns. I could, I could, I could see that as well. But so they're very different players. They're he's very different really players. Yeah. They do not comp. Do, no. He did not, comp, not him comp. He did not comp him to I'm, Julio Jones. I'm gonna get tweeted out a bunch of my. He's not Julio. So that's a uh, first part. Picks one through five mm-hmm. of our early, way too early 2020 mock draft. We, we're an hour in, so we're gonna carry this rest of this over to the Nerd Herd episode, which is kind of gonna be like probably the epitome of the rest of the season as we break down these rookies. I mean, we got through five. Uh, in about 40 minutes. So that's how it's going to be through all year long as we debate them. We might bring in some special guests this year, the guys like Jared Wackerly, um, some of our Debbie guys to talk about some of these rookies as well to give you quick hits on them. Um, So we're going to jump into the Nerd Herd episode. We're going to make the remainder picks of the first round, picks six through 12. If you're not a Nerd Herd member, that's the best way to get all this bonus content because when we do all our rookie breakdowns this year, which if you're new to the podcast, we've made our bread and butter in this industry and have built the name of Dynasty Nerds to be one of the top Dynasty platforms in the world, is honestly our rookie evaluations are second to none. Our hit rate has been very, very good. Um, and it, honestly, this is not fluff. You could go back and listen to all our podcasts of every class we've broken down and just check our accuracy where everybody else was moving right and where we were moving left. Our left hit rate has been extremely high where some of our misses have been all right misses as it was anyways. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where we say go left, that's where we made our bread and butter. And it's always been free every rookie episode, but this year now for our nerd members, people to decide to support the podcast for only, again, it's only $3 a month and you're getting the extra podcasts, which is going to be all this bonus content, all our rankings, so all our rookie rankings will be behind the, uh, the nerd members, our dynasty film room. So if you want to watch the same tape, you want to see that play that we were talking about with Jerry Judy uh, versus LSU, all that game tape of every player we're going to talk about is on the dynasty film room. Yep. That dynasty film room is second to none. I know there's another website that just came out of the film room today. Um, you know, you got to keep up with the Joneses. Uh but their film room already took a little dabble. It not as good as our film room. I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not afraid to say it. You know, some people like Whoppers. Some people like Big Macs. It's just not as good. It's just uh, it's not as good. So I'm, I'm a Whopper guy, by the way. Ooh, Whopper's good. Yeah. You know, it gets a job done. Yeah. But one, you'll see the difference. You know what I mean, you'll see the difference. Some special and, sauces just aren't special. You know, all the tools that we have for you are there for the price of three dollars a month. Make sure you join the Nerd Herd. Like Matt said last week or two weeks ago, and 
last year actually that it's you know sometimes it's just good to support podcasts that you like yeah help and, support your favorite podcast absolutely you know, and for three dollars a month it's literally the best price in the business and again you get the bonus podcast which we're coming over next year finish up these rookies and there's some good guys on here that you don't want to miss including one of the guys that i am slowly falling in love with enough where i'm using emojis texting these guys with i don't think it's slowly falling in love i think it happened pretty quick well you know you go six to midnight real quick Definitely around these parts. First, set. He goes right back to six for some reason. Just boom, <laughs> gone. Because um, he'll be my next pick if he's on the board. I'm telling you, you will that, be. Right? I'm wow. telling you, he, he will. He will be on the board. And I just picked. Oh yeah, he will because John will, Taylor's will on the board. Be. He'll definitely be on yeah. the board. Yeah, right. If I pick next, I'd pick. He'd still on the board for me too. But after that, I'm <laughs> taking. So we'll be back with a nerd herd episode. If you're not a nerd member, we'll see you next week. But I highly encourage that you join the nerd herd. At least check it out. You know, for three bucks, you check it out. You don't like it, you dip. Right. Um, yeah, you'll be missing a lot of content uh, for sure with these upcoming rookies if you're if you're uh, if you're not part of the nerd. Yeah, and this it's a lot of hours. And the biggest thing with all these film room and all these, okay, we brought in Nick Whalen, all these new writers. We're we're hiring tons of content producers, and unfortunately, again, I mean, no, nobody's doing this stuff for free. We have to pay all these people. So again, all this money that comes in, it's not making Matt rich. Certainly, it's definitely not making Garrett rich. It's just literally to support the site. Support the podcast and support the people that are actually going out there and spending a lot of time doing this research so you don't have to, so you can dominate your rookie draft, dominate your in-season roster management, and make sure you're a step ahead of your league mates. Because, again, we do this all for one reason and one reason only, to win our dynasty leagues. That is it. There's two main things. There's three things here when you want to play dynasty. Who to trade, who to buy, who to draft. If you could do buy, those, sell, draft. If you could do those three things better than your league mates, you don't have to be the best in the world. You just have to be better than your league mates. You're going to win a lot of championships, yep. and we're going to help you get there. See you next week, nerd herd. Adios. Ready, set, put Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.